0: It's
1: time. Now it's time for the Disney View podcast. Please move across your car to make room for everyone. Our podcast will begin momentarily. Join Dave as he makes his grand circle tour around the Walt Disney World Resort. Dave is a dreamer and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all, but understands Disney's place in history and respects the legacy that's been left. Come along and hear Dave's thoughts about Walt Disney World, and see it through Dave's eyes. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. And now, here's your host.
0: Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. On today's podcast... I wanted to talk about my video series, Lost and Found at Walt Disney World. Now I'll put a link to the video series uh, in my show notes page and also in the description for this podcast. So if you just go look at the description, you should be able to find it. But you'll find the uh, video series out on YouTube. And this is something that's been kind of a fun labor of love. As I told you back in August, I had this idea to create a video series that I'm calling Lost and Found in Walt Disney World. And my rationale was, that there's a lot of history to be told about Walt Disney World. There's a lot of stories that we can tell, a lot of things we can talk about in the Walt Disney World Resort, things that happened there, things that happened as a result of it, things that happened in the community that were influenced by Walt Disney coming to the, uh, the Central Florida area and so forth. So I wanted to try to tell that story. And the way I'm doing it is sort of this idea of lonely planet meets sort of Disney visiting. And so I go to a particular location and I talk about something that happened at that location or something that was inspired by that location or how it impacted that location or something related. So you'll see I go to different places in and around the parks, outside the parks, in the Orlando area, and just have a little fun with it and down to Kissimmee too. So it's kind of fun. And like I said, this is kind of a labor of love. It's just something that I was intrigued by, I found that I know a lot about Walt Disney World. I don't know everything. I know that, but I know a fair amount and I enjoy telling stories. And I like to talk about the Walt Disney World resort. And I found that there was sort of a missing element there. People didn't talk about some of the more historical pieces and some of the things that have happened in and around the resort. So I decided to do it myself. Now, Uh, I know there are other people out there who do other things. I've seen some other videos from other knowledgeable people about Disney and they do other pieces. Mine is supposed to be an in-person sort of thing where I'm there at the location. I show you that particular location that I'm talking about. When it's appropriate, I show you videos of that particular space and what's there. I talk about it, I intersperse a little bit of music, some pictures like archival type pictures, some archival video, some news sources had done Videos from the uh, Walt Disney World Resort in the early 90s, uh, the early 80s, the early 70s, and into the 60s. So you see a lot of things that are pieces that come from the Walt Disney Company themselves or from news organizations. Or in some cases, it's just some random things that I find that tell the historical picture and have some interesting video mixed into them. So I tell the story about these different places and some of the history of the Walt Disney World Resort. So it's kind of fun. I really do enjoy doing this. I like to talk. I like to tell stories. And the fun thing is, I go around and I pick up other pieces too because I talk to people. As you may have guessed, I'm a bit of a talker. I go around and I talk to people. I'll have a conversation with someone. I'll strike up a random conversation with a random person. Sometimes I'll seek out people who are clearly wearing uh, name tags that have uh, pins that say that uh, they've been there for some period of time. The people that have been there for 25 years know a lot. So you can talk to them about a lot of different things, and they may have some historical nugget that may help you to fill in a blank or may guide you to something else to understand more about the Walt Disney World Resort. And sometimes I'll just ask them flat-out questions because I, I don't know something, so I'll ask. So I find it to be kind of fun and do that. Now, the other piece to the puzzle for me is I happen to be good at talking, but doing video casts, that's kind of new for me. I like to be able to just chat and chat away, but when you're doing the video, it's a whole other thing because you have to be have the on-camera presence and be aware of your surroundings. You don't know where I am right now. I could be in my bathroom, for all you know, recording this. I'm not, but I'm just saying that I could be anywhere. And so I'm recording these video, these audio pod, podcasts, and I'm somewhere in the world, wherever I am. I happen to be in South Florida in a recording studio right now, but. I don't have to be there. I could be anywhere. Sometimes I'm in the Walt Disney World parks and I'm recording there too, because sometimes it's interesting to get the right audio or something else. So I like to provide a perspective for you, but when you're doing video, it's a whole other thing. You have to be prepared. Glasses have to be clean. Hair has to be quaffed. I have to be ready to talk and present myself in a way that makes sense. I don't want to come off like a complete and total dork or be picking my nose or something like that. So I try very hard to make sure that I'm presenting myself in the right light. Hopefully I've done a decent job of that. I certainly hope so anyway. And the editing is a little bit different too because you're not just editing the audio. Now you've got to match up some of the video pieces when there's a flub or a mistake. You've got to change the video to make it work. The other thing is, and this is kind of funny, when I go out and I'm standing in a location and I say, okay, I've got this great idea for a particular story I want to tell. And I record some video and I think it's pretty good and I have set myself up and I'm like, wow, that's awesome. Then I go back and I look at it later and I go, what story am I trying to tell here? What is it I'm trying to do with this particular piece of video that would make sense? And maybe the audio on it is good. Maybe some of the video clips that I got, maybe not of me, maybe of the uh, landscape or something, they work. But now I get the chance to edit it and make it actually work. So maybe I'll use a piece of me talking and then edit in some other interesting stuff to make it work. Sometimes, a couple of times now, I've had to go back and redo it uh, where I had to actually delete it and start over. It's happened a couple of times. It will probably happen again. Hopefully they're reasonable and they're pretty good and you like them and they tell the story that I want to tell, but I never really know. Uh, You know, it's sort of that I go back and I watch them and I go, eh, it's a pretty good story. I probably could have done it better had I done this. So that's the challenge. So right now I've got 15 episodes that are available on the Lost and Found in Walt Disney World YouTube channel, and they're fun. And I tell different stories. I talk about the uh, I talk about the construction. Uh, well, first of all, I talk and do an introduction, and talk about what this is all about. And just to clarify what it is all about, I try to do these in like pockets segments about one specific thing. I want them to be about between five and 10 minutes long that tell the story about one thing, one singular event, one singular thing, one thing. So it kind of uh, encapsulates something. I try to organize them in a reasonable way where I'm talking about history and so forth and try to do that, that kind of a thing. The other thing to consider is, and I talk about this in the first podcast there, my episode one, I am not an urban explorer. There are plenty of people out there who are urban explorers who like to go into places and maybe they shouldn't go. I don't do that. I don't agree with that perspective. I don't like to see people doing that. I think among other things, besides it being illegal and, you know, you're violating you know, their, the uh, trust of the company, I think you ruin the magic to a point too and you endanger yourself in some way. Sometimes going backstage is not the smartest thing you could do. So I'm a big believer in I don't ever go backstage. Sure. In one of the video casts, I'm going to talk about river country, but I'm not going into river country. I stand outside in a public area. I talk about it. I show some old videos, or I will show some old videos. I haven't yet. And I I talk about some various things that happened there. I stand outside in the uh, park. So I'm in the Fort Wilderness campground near the entrance to it. I also go around on the boat behind it. And that's, you know, it's a public, public part of the boat. I'm on the boat tour going back and forth between Fort Wilderness and the Magic and uh, the Magic Kingdom. No, I guess it's the Contemporary. And so I'm on the boat there and you get to see River Country from a different viewpoint, but I don't go in it because that's not what I'm all about. I don't think that's the right thing to do. I don't want to spoil the magic and I certainly don't want to break the law or the trust. Disney is very personal to me. They opened in 1971 when I was about six years old, as I've told you in the past. I wasn't captured by the magic of it all. I loved it, I really lived it, I enjoyed it. I went basically once a year until I was 18. And then after that, I went a little more often and then when I lived in Orlando, I went regularly, like every weekend. Then I was a cast member for a while, so I was there every day. And it was terrific. I enjoyed it thoroughly, I really did love it. But I don't see any need to go backstage or do anything that I'm don't need that i not supposed to do. There is no reason to do that. I still want to enjoy it. I still want to be able to go back. I don't want to be banned for life that's not my thing so I want to enjoy what Walt Disney World has to offer but I want to share with you what it's all about what is the Walt Disney World Resort what does it give me how does it how does it work what is it you know, what, what makes it interesting what's the backstory behind it how did we get here I can't tell you what the future holds but I can tell you what the past looked like so that's what I'm trying to do there and that's my whole point in doing it so just to give you that perspective I don't want to break any rules. I don't want to go behind any closed doors. I just want to tell the story. And that's it. Plain and simple. So that's the first podcast or videocast to talk about the introduction. Then I talk about the land acquisition and how Walt Disney got the land he needed. I talk about the reveal and Emily Bavor, the reporter from uh, the Orlando Sentinel, who figured out that it was Walt Disney purchasing the land. I talk about the economics and politics of it all. There's a tremendous economic boom that was bound to happen for Florida if Walt Disney opened some property here in the the Central Florida area. So they were thrilled to have Disney there, which leads to Episode 5, the autonomy pitch. Disney wanted to have complete authority and autonomy on their property. They wanted to be able to build this prototype city and not have to abide by all the same rules that every other developer did. So they did that, and they were able to convince the state of Florida, based on the economics and politics of it all, to be able to do that. So interesting how that works out. In uh, episode six, I talk about the beginning of construction and how construction started at the resort. Episode seven, I talk about a very specific place called Jock's Happy Corner. This was the only gas station in town, the only place that was near the construction of Walt Disney World and so the uh it was the place where everybody went to cash a check and buy a beer after doing construction work all day so there's something kind of interesting and compelling about that story uh, i talk about us 192 also known as the earlo bronson memorial highway earlo bronson of course sold walt disney about half of the land he needed so there you go i mean there's a connection there to uh to who it was and who he was uh i talk about the preview center that, uh, that was there on Hotel Plaza Boulevard that gave people that sense of wonder and magic, and it was just an interesting place that was available for people to go into. I talk about the hotels on Hotel Plaza Boulevard because there's some interesting stories there. Those were intended to be places that people would come and stay when they were going to the Walt Disney World Resort, especially if they weren't going to the Magic Kingdom. Right. They were going to be part of Epcot or they were going to be part of the construction or they were going to do something that was in the in the research park. That's where people might stay. Uh, Let's see. I talk about a place that was the Lake Buena Vista Airfield. This was an actual working airport that until the early 2000s was still listed as an active airport. It's on Walt Disney World property. It's very near where the uh, main gate is to the Magic Kingdom. But it stopped use in the early 1980s when they were building the EPCOT line from the Transportation and Ticket Center, the monorail that goes from there to the EPCOT uh, entrance. That monorail line goes too close to the airport for airplanes to still have landed there. So they closed the, uh, the airport and stopped, put it into disuse. But it still was listed as an active airport until very recently. So I talk about that a little bit. Then the next four video casts I do were about former presidents. So we had uh, Richard Nixon who visited, we had Jimmy Carter who visited, we had Ronald Reagan who visited, and we had G.H.W. Bush who visited. Now, what do all four of them have in common? Well, they all had an interest in this thing that was called Epcot, this sort of international community. It made sense. As a president, think about what that means. You're, you're building a an international community, and that's where you're going to be connected to because Walt Disney is building, or the Walt Disney Company is building something that's a show place for the international community, and of course with Nixon, he had that personal connection to, uh, to Disney, so that made sense for him to go and visit. Carter uh, was there as part of the International Chamber of Commerce, Reagan was there because he had his second inaugural there, and G.H.W. Bush was there to do the Thousand Points of Light. So interesting how those all come together. Now those are the ones that I have live out there right now, I've got some more coming up. I've got, I think it's about 40 total that I've recorded so far, and about 30 have been edited and are available. Uh, The others I'm still working on, uh, available to me. I haven't released them yet, so they'll be out there soon. I'll keep releasing them on about a two week cycle. I will give you the preview that the next one I'm gonna talk about is Disney for the first time in their history, learning to manage a hotel, something they had never done before, but now we're going to have to be able to do, because they had the contemporary and the Polynesian, that were going to be Disney-owned hotels. Disney had never been in that business before. How do they run a hotel? What does that mean? What do, what do they have to do? How do you train people to do it and be good customer service type people, good cast members? So it's interesting how, to, how that story came together. From there, it's like a wide range of different things around the Walt Disney World Resort, from people to locations, to uh, things that they had done at the resort, to uh, things that you'll still see at the resort. A lot of interesting things out there. Those are the ones I have edited. Then I have some other ones that I kind of have ready to go to tell some other stories about things around. So I hope you'll tune in and enjoy them. I hope you'll like them. I hope you you are liking them. And to me, it's not about getting them out there. I just want to make sure I tell you about it because I'm creating them as a labor of love. This is something that I'm enjoying doing. I really do like doing this. It's fun to edit it and tell the story. And to try to figure out, wait, why am I telling that story? What does this one have to do with anything? And to try and make it engaging. And to me, they're kind of fun. Now I've found that a couple of times I've had to go back and re-edit them after I've loaded them out there and had them ready. And I'm like, no, no, that doesn't tell the story I want. I have to go edit it again. And a few times I've edited it, put it out there. And after I watch it again, I'm like, "Eh, it's pretty good. Maybe it doesn't quite tell the story I want. Once or twice, I've had to go back and re-record an entire video. After I came home, I realized that's not what I wanted to say. What I wanted to say was this. And a few times, I've just been able to work around that a little bit. But it's interesting how it comes together because now I sit here and I look at it and I go, wow, I've got all these different videos I have ready to go and other videos that I've already got recorded that I don't have edited yet. And I've got 10 or 12 more ideas in my head of things I want to get in the future when I will go back on a future trip that I'll get more video for. And it's just fun. It's fun to kind of imagine a little bit telling this historical tale and kind of filling in some of the blanks and telling stories about things. Look, I know there are Disney historians out there. Um, Jim Corcus is a great example. I've heard many of the podcasts he's appeared on, and I think I read his book a while ago. But I really do enjoy um, the stories he tells about some of the history. And while I don't have the depth of knowledge and the breadth of knowledge that he has, I have a lot of knowledge that I'm willing to share. So I'm just out there sharing it because it's kind of fun. Now he's he's a much more uh he's got more details than I've got and he's got more stories than I could ever imagine, but sometimes I'll hear him say something and I'll go, "Oh, that's a nugget of something that I want to I want to explore further." And I do. So, thank you, Jim, if you're listening to this by any chance. I appreciate your, you know, your sharing with us too because I I think this is an extension of that to some degree. So, anyway, that's my uh that's my thing. Now, the other thing that kind of intrigued me was as I'm, as I'm thinking through all this knowledge I have and all these things that are floating around in my head, I had an idea for another app for my iPhone and iPad, and that's to create some sort of a, almost a game. It's sort of a trivia game almost, to sort of a, you know, look back and, and do some different things. So I'm kind of playing around with an idea, and it's sort of, in my head, it makes sense. It's sort of a, you're in a location-based game to talk about things that are there of historical significance. Hey, could work. Um, but I have to think about how I want to implement it a little bit. So it may be a little while before I get that out there, or it could just die off and never go anywhere. But I'm hoping it does actually go somewhere and, and make something interesting because it's kind of fun to think about it this way. Um, that's what's driving me right now in, in the whole Disney space, is to tell some of that Don't not lose the richness of the history. There's so many things happening and so many exciting things that Disney is doing, and the theme park parks keep growing, and there's more DVC, and there's more this, and there's more that, and blah, 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 blah. And there's so many things happening. How can I make it more interesting? How can I draw on that and, and remember the history and not let it be forgotten? There were so many great ideas that went into the Walt Disney World Resort that it's really fun to, uh, to remember all of those and think about it. You know, you, you, you stop and you think. We, we know all these things, or we assume all these things, and some of them we think we know, but we don't know the details behind it. We know that Disney bought 47 square miles of land in central Florida. What we don't know, or we forget sometimes, is that really it was from two people. Most of the land came from two different people, Erlo Bronson and then the Dimitri brothers. And that's where most of the land came from. Now, there were other developers who sold them some other parts of the land, but those are the two people that sold them the most. Kind of interesting, right? We kind of forget that. And so we want to, you know, I like to remember those things and make sure that we talk about them. So there you go. That is primarily what I wanted to talk about. I just wanted to remind you about my video series, kind of talk about it a little bit and promote it a little and maybe hopefully you'll enjoy it and you'll check it out and whatever. Uh, So that's really what I wanted to talk about. And I do encourage you, if you have any ideas for videos you'd like to see or something you'd like to hear more about in historical context, just send me an email, davesdisneyview at gmail.com. Happy to hear about it. Uh, I think it's kind of fun to uh, to come up with ideas and, and collaborate a little bit because other people have other ideas and things they'd like to see and hear about. And I'm happy to talk about those too. Well, once again, I'll put the uh, link to my video series in my show notes page and also in the uh, description that goes along with this podcast. If you're listening to it on iTunes or anywhere else, it'll go along with the description. So you can just click the link or copy the link and go over to it. And hopefully you'll get a chance to see it. And I hope you enjoy it. Well, that is the podcast I had for you this week. I hope you enjoyed it. And remember, if we can dream it, we can certainly do it. Bye now.
1: Thank you for tuning in to the Disney View podcast. We hope you had a pleasant stay and arrive home safely. Please remain seated until your ride vehicle stops completely. Then, gather your personal belongings and step out onto the moving platform. And yes, I know it went by so quickly, but don't worry. One of the nice things about traveling on this podcast is that the journey is just beginning. Show notes are available on DisneyWorldPodcast.net. While there, please check out some of our affiliates.